Welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with Whistle Realty Group and EXP Realty in San Diego. And I am Brian Kochi, Director of Media here at Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is to give you the tools and techniques to go out there and crush it in your business, whether that be real estate, mortgage, or really just any business. And the way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. Um, I hate guessing on what to talk about. And so we just listen to you on what to talk about. So if you got a topic you'd love to have us hit on the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there. You can subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, join our referral network and Facebook group, as well as our email newsletter where we share a lot of tips and tricks. And you can get dialed in with our Media Mayor Mastermind course, which was a masterclass in everything you need to know about crushing it with video in real estate as you head into 2022. Uh, all of that is available at thewhistleway.com. Um, if you enjoy the show today, if you can make sure to hook us up with a review if you're listening on a podcast platform. And if you are watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button, let YouTube know you're enjoying the show. And if you want to get future episodes of the show, hit the subscribe button and the little notification bell. And YouTube will do the rest. What do you got for us today, Brian? I have a feeling I'm going to do a lot of the talking today. I'm out of it, man. <laughs> I've, uh, I'm prepping for uh, our meeting tomorrow where I'm talking about social media and I'm Googling graphics and all sorts of shit. So okay. I'm a little out of it after being, after diving into that. Um, but so anyways, we're here towards the end of the year, beginning of the year, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, this is typically when the, uh, the real estate market kind of slows down a little bit. This is typically when we see the biggest movement from agents from one team to another, either going um, and, and creating their own team, joining a different team, um, maybe switching brokerages altogether, or even getting into or out of the business. This is usually a, a really uh, important time for flux and, and, and movement. Yeah. Um, flux capacitors. Flux capacitors. That, that flux is a thing, right? It uh, is. I don't know if that was the right usage, whatever. but it's a thing. Tom, Tom, to give me the quick shake. No. Okay, it's using blacksmithing. So we're basically there. Um, of course, Tom knows about blacksmithing. So, what I, what we also see a lot of times, we see kind of uh, people having the idea that the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. And so. Do you know my favorite saying around that one? Yeah. What I do. is it? The grass is greener where you water it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of want to talk to you. Or I want you to talk for about twenty minutes. Or there's another one I read recently. It's like, the grass might be greener on the other side, but that's because it's full of shit. So <laughs> it could be that too. That's pretty funny. Um, so I kind of want to talk about, first, let's talk about the whole grass is greener situation. Yeah. And then we'll go on to the next thing. I'll ask you the next question. Yeah. Well, what I want to talk about too on this is that there's uh, definitely a lot of consolidation that's happening in the industry right now. Um, I know that for the last seven years, we've been the number one team in the county. And now we've got multiple teams that are beating us this year. And what we were doing two, three years ago, doing a couple hundred deals a year, we were tops in the county by a healthy margin. And now we'll do well over 500 this year and you know be in the top five um, at this point. And there's even teams in the country now where 500 is like what they're doing in a month. I mean, there's teams that are legitimately doing 500 transactions a month right now that's and so, so insane yeah so what what we're starting to see happen more and more is that there's just consolidation like we're seeing the solo agent start to fade away and the mega teams what the definition today of a mega team is versus what it was even two or three years ago is, is drastically changed two or three years ago you never saw a team of 50 people 
or 100 people, or now there's teams of 200 plus people, like teams. I'm not talking brokerages. I'm talking teams. Um, so what's starting to happen is people are realizing like, hey, if I go over to this team, regardless of brokerage, which we will talk about brokerages, but regardless of the brokerage, this team's going to do a lot of the work for me to where I don't have to. I'm willing to give up some of the money so I don't have to deal with all of that stuff. Like the trip we just went on, one of my most epic ever 40th birthday trip, and we paid people to coordinate everything for us. It was fantastic. Like we would have a dinner set and a car would be there to pick us up at the right time and take us to the dinner. We'd walk out of the dinner and the car would be waiting, right? And everything was just set up. We didn't have to deal with all the headaches or anything. We didn't have to order Ubers and sit around and wait and have to book all of our own you know, reservations. We didn't have to do any of that shit. Like everything was just set up and it was really easy. And it's a lot more enjoyable that way when other people do some of the work for you. Now, are you going to pay for the people who set all this shit up? For sure. I mean, we woke up on yesterday morning and then while we're waking up, there's a chef at the house already cooking breakfast for us. Like, how cool is that? Now, yeah, you're going to pay for that stuff, but it's done for you. You don't have yeah. to do it all. You don't have to go to the store and shop for the ingredients and prep and cook and clean. And so it's the same thing in the real estate space that there's these teams now who will do the shopping for you. They'll do the cooking. They'll do the cleaning. They'll do the organizing. Like, all you got to do is show up. Well, and the thing that I that I think is different than your analogy is, um, or I guess it could be the same, with your analogy, you got a lot more leisure time. You got a lot more family time. You got a lot more hangout time. When you join a team, you could have more family time. Or on the flip side, it can it can enable you to scale more. It can enable you to help more clients. And so may, maybe you take a, a percentage of what you would get before, but now you can do two, three, four, five times that. Well, yeah. I mean, Mark Cuban says uh, on Shark Tank, because I love Shark Tank, he said 100% of a grape is a whole lot less than 50% of a watermelon. So yeah. anyways... Yeah, it, that's the thing is that, too, people are now getting, you're getting the right people in the right seats on the bus where life becomes a lot easier. So instead of having, you know, a real estate agent who had to do everything, right? You've got to find the lead sources. You've got to bring the leads in. You've got to convert the leads to appointments. You've got to go on the appointments. And you've got to convert the appointments into contracts and the contracts into closings and on the follow-up. Like, there's so much to do. And there's so many different lead sources and, you know, you watch and these YouTube videos and podcasts and, and go to these events and people are sending you in a million different directions. Like, that's a lot to handle. It's confusing. And it's it's almost, it, it is different personality types. The person you want doing your contracts is very different than the one you, you want negotiating, which is di very different than the one you want setting up your systems. I mean, these are three different personality types. Yeah. And no one is all the personality types. You have to have, find people that fit in their lane. Yep. So, okay, so going from solo agent to team, good idea. Yeah. And I mean, that's my best advice too. I have a video out. Um, if you guys want to copy this video, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Um, I'll send you my top five tips. If you're a new agent, just whether you're working on getting a real estate license or you're in your first year and you just want a little help on getting going, shoot me a DM and I'll hook you up with that video Cool. at Kyle whistle. I don't make it confusing. Sorry. Cool. Okay. So that's step one. Yeah. What if you're what about agents that are on a team and they're thinking about going solo or doing a small team? What's your advice? Yeah. They've um, been into it for a while. Where are we at? I think know what you're getting yourself into. Um, yeah. I think that not everybody is cut out to be a team leader. Um, you've got to be somebody, mo most importantly, patient. If you have zero patience, you are not going to be a good team leader. I'm sorry. This is not for people with short fuses that are hot-headed, 
that get frustrated by everything. I mean, if you get really pissed off because the car parked too close next to you and you want to like key their car, like if that's you, you probably shouldn't run a team. Like, because <laughs> you're going to literally blow up every person's car in your company because you're going to get that frustrated. So I think first and foremost, you got to have patience. Um, second thing is you got to understand that if you're that top level agent where you've maybe you're on a team and you've outgrown the team and are ready to start your own thing, you, you cannot try to find, uh, you know, replacements of you. You can't find yourself. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle. Like when I was an agent by myself, I had years where I sold over 100 homes personally in San Diego. Like that's insane. Like that's almost unheard of. There's very few people who've ever done that. If I was just went out and tried to find other agents who would sell 100 homes, I'd have zero agents because that's so, so difficult. And so you have to have realistic expectations that you're not going to find somebody that's you because if they are as good as you, they wouldn't want to work with you. <laughs> like they would do it on their own in all honesty. Like yeah, they, they've created their own team already. <laughs> yeah. So you, you got to realize that, you know, in, in all sports, like I played sports, I was just with some of my high school buddies this weekend. And you know, when I went into high school to play basketball, like there were three different teams, well, really four you would end up on. You would either end up on um, just like the rec league where you didn't make any of the teams, but you could still play rec ball. Or there was like the freshman team, the JV team or the varsity team. Like there's different teams for a reason. And it's not that any one team is better than the other. There's just people that are the right fit for the right team at the right time. Like it, it's just, it is what it is. There's people that fit on all the different teams. And then within the teams, you've got starters and then you've got people who come off the bench. Like this is just the way that it works. And so you just got to understand that everybody's you're not going to get all the top elite athletes like you can't you can only fit so many people on your varsity team you're going to have your people who are going to excel right like if you break down our company and it's going to really break into like thirds like a third of the people are going to do you know better than average a third are going to be about average and a third are going to be below average and you got to be okay with that um I, I see a lot of people try to start teams and they just want nothing but varsity players well Let's just treat yourself like you're the school. You gotta, you gotta fill all three squads. So, you got the freshman team, you got the JV team, you got the varsity team, and you can just, you gotta understand that's your job when you're running a team is to fill all of that. If you just try to get all varsity players, it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be a really tough time. So not only can you not replace yourself, but you can't just have the best of the best of the best. You're, you're gonna have a little bit of each, and part of it too is you gotta understand that like everybody's goal is different. Where maybe your goal is to sell 100 houses. Okay, not everybody wants to sell 100 houses, right? Maybe somebody's okay selling 10 houses. Right. Well, you got to decide, are you okay with somebody selling 10 houses on your team? You got to figure out like, what is that minimum standard or the minimum Threshold. expectation to be a part of your mm -hmm. team um, and be okay with that. But if you try to set that minimum too high, it's going to be really hard to build a team. Okay. Um, I think your JV freshman varsity was a little rough. I think, I think you could like with NFL or, or maybe like little league teams, that makes more sense because, okay. because they're, one team is – the varsity team is definitely better than the freshman they're, team. Yeah, they're better. That, maybe that part of that analogy was wrong. But <laughs> if you think about it, if you're a school, you got to put a freshman team on the court, you got to put a JV team on the court, and you got to put a varsity team on the court. Um, and you're every, thinking long term, Every right? team I've ever seen, you're going to have those three buckets. Yeah. Right? And, then, and that's okay. Because you got to have people that are going to grow in and, and replace people that – Right. I mean, people out. are going to graduate from varsity and move on. Yep. Um, so there you work your people from freshman up to JV, your people are in JV up to varsity, and eventually, you know, your varsity people will go. And that's another part you have to be okay with running a team is in a perfect world, everybody stays with you forever. But it's not a perfect world. And in all honesty, I talked to 
other team leaders are like, I've never lost a team member in 10 years. I'm like, because you're a bitch. <laughs> Straight up. If you, have, if you actually have 10 or more team members, you've never lost one in 10 years, you're a bitch. Because that means you have never trimmed the fat. You've not set a minimum expectation, and you've been too big of a bitch to actually let somebody go. Okay. Well, now that you've pussyfooted around that point. Yeah. Did I dance um, around it? Or yeah, was that too direct? I don't, know. I don't know how you really feel about that, but that's fine. <laughs> um, okay. So we've talked about joining a team. We've talked about creating a team. Let's talk about what now, now if we go, okay, I want to join a team. Creating a team sounds horrible. What do you need to look for in a team or a brokerage? What, what's their checklist that say, do they have this, yes or no? For sure. So what I would say is if we look at these in order of importance, I would look at the team first, brokerage second. Okay. And people who are watching this probably would expect me to say the opposite, but I'm being brutally honest. Like I'm, I'm not coming at this topic from a biased point of view. I'm being honest. Like if I could, I don't want to, let's not go into analogy. Let's just shoot straight at what it is. Like if I want to be at a certain brokerage, but all the team leaders at that brokerage suck, I'm not going to go work for a team leader that sucks just to be at a certain brokerage. Like if I move to a new city, I would Google who are the top five teams in the city. Like honestly, myself personally, right? Like I bought a house in Tennessee. So if I was gonna go move to Nashville, Tennessee, I would, who are the top five teams in Nashville? And I would go interview and I would work for one of them at least for a year, legitimately, myself personally, having done this, having sold you know $3 billion in real estate, I would go on a team just so I could learn how to do the job in that area because how the job is done here in San Diego is gonna be different than how it's done in Nashville. I need to know you know, what are the different lead sources? What are the, you know, the different areas? What are, how does the conversion cycle work? How long is, how do the contracts work? How does the closing process work? Like you have, might have, do you have a closing table? Do you not? How do you do your docs? How does everything, like I'd want to spend a good year on somebody else's dime, letting them teach me. And they already have the systems, tools, processes, everything in place. I want to learn from that person. And maybe I love it because some people are cut out to be a team member their whole life. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but then there's other people who are going to do it for however long that ends up being, and then they'll move on and they'll spread their wings and that's cool too. Um, but I would personally join a team, even if I went to a new city today outside of California, I would, cause I don't know how the process is and the systems and everything work in that city. So if a team leader would actually take me on under their wing, um, and not be scared of me, I would join their team and let them teach me. Just tell them you'll buy their business in a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, okay. So give me like. Give me your top three red flags. If you were interviewing for a team and they said something, you're like, oh, fuck, this is not going to work well. Um, I mean, sorry, I'm, I'm probably going to step on some toes here, but I wouldn't join a team that hasn't been in existence for over a year. Like, I'm not trying to be part of the beta group. Mm -hmm. um, and in, in all reality, if it's been around less than a year, that's the alpha group. Um, year that, two's that's beta. That's friends and family round. That's, yeah, uh, that's like pre -seed. that's really early. Um, so I think that would be something I'd be concerned about. I don't, I, I've seen so many people try to start teams and fail. Like I want an established team. I mean, a minimum of a year. And I would want to see how that team is done. Um, what I tell people when they interview with our team is after I interview you, like I encourage you pull up our roster and call three agents off the roster. You pick. I'm not going to tell you who to call. Because obviously I'm going to tell you who I want you to call. Of course. Just go on my roster and call three agents. Whoever you think. Him, her, him, whatever. Like, I don't care. Call anybody. Um, and see what they say. Because, like, as a team leader, I'm obviously going to tell you how great we are, right? Like, it's my job as a team leader. But you call my team members, like, they're going to be a lot more honest, right? They're not going to sugarcoat. And now you might get the, 
the company person who's going to say what they're supposed to say. But if you <laughs> classify, say, call three, because you're going to get some opinions, and they're, a lot of times they're going to shoot straight with you. Um, so that would be something I would do, too. Is One, I want to know that they've been around for at least a year. Two, I'd want to call three people randomly um, without the team leader knowing and get some opinions on what people think and how their experience has been. Um, and I would want to know, like, their processes and what systems they use. And if they couldn't, like, clearly articulate, oh, this is a CRM that we do, and this is how, like, when a lead comes in, this is what we do, and then you, this is your job, and then this person handles this for you, and this, like, if they couldn't clearly explain to me, like, what does the workflow look like being here so that I have a clear understanding of, like, what do I do? Because you got to have a very clear set of expectations uh, bilaterally. I need well, to nice. know, right, what, are, what do you expect out of me, and what can I expect out of you? And if somebody can't clearly articulate that, not a chance I'm going to work for that person. Um, I, they've got to be able to verify. Because if you, they can't clearly articulate it to me, they can't clearly articulate it to a freaking client. They, like, that's not a place I want to be. So I need somebody who can very clearly, boom, here's how we're set up. Ideally, they have an org chart. So you could see I'm a very visual person. So I like to see an org chart so I could see where do I fit into this and what are all the other people and what do they all do. Um, so if you're taking notes and you run a team, like, you might want to button your shit up so you could answer some of these questions if somebody asks them to you. Cool. So, yeah, team first, brokerage second. Cool. Because um, all brokers aren't the same. So, um, you know, there's... Even, even not all regions are the same in a brokerage. For sure. If you go to... Florida I mean, so many are franchise-owned. Yeah. So the way... I mean, even in San Diego, right? The way that the Coldwell Banker office is run here in in. East County is going to be different than the one in South Bay is going to be different than the one on the coast. So even within a city, yeah, you're going to have different franchise owners. So they're all going to be different. So I think that that's pretty important. Um, understand that like you can't just be like, I'm joining Coldwell Banker, period. Like, well, okay, what office are you going to join? Because every office is going to have their own, you know, setup. Um, and some companies, the comp plans are going to be different from one office to the next. In other companies, it's it's flat across the board. So that's important to know too. Is like, just because you say you want to join, and and we won't pick on anyone, you just want to join ABC Realty. If that's a franchised company, each franchise owner and most of these franchises have the ability to play with the numbers a little bit. So they could set theirs up differently than next in the next. Um, so that's important to know. Is they're not all the same. Just because you might have a friend in you know the other side of the country who works for XYZ Realty doesn't mean the XYZ in your city is going to be the same. Um, so I think it's really important to know the leadership of the brokerage that you're joining. Or like within EXP, we don't have offices. We have groups within EXP. So like our group is called Fast Forward Movement. So if you were joining a group like at EXP or Real or any one of our, you know, the other companies that are like that, that are more cloud-based, you want to know the group that you're joining because the group you're joining is similar to the office you're joining in a franchise model. So I want to know how does this group differ from that group, different from that group, because same thing if you join ABC Realty here versus there, it's different. Well, EXP is the same thing. If you join this group versus that group, you're going to have a different experience. So I would want to know from the leadership of that company, same, same thing as what we talked about with the team, or what are the expectations from me and what can I expect out of you? And again, I'm not joining any office or any group if leadership can't clearly articulate that to me cool so that would be my best advice and um the biggest thing again if you're new is just understand all the abc realties if they're franchises 
most franchises allow each individual franchise owner to run their show a little bit differently. Um, so just keep that in mind. Last thing, um, and it's a two-parter. Okay. When is the best time to switch companies? And two, how much lead time do you do you need beforehand? Yeah, I, I hear agents a lot of times, oh, well, I just got to close these one or two deals and then I'll change. Like, what? What? So you're going to just do nothing until those deals close and, and then you're going to change? Like, that doesn't make any freaking sense. Um, if you're going to change, change, right? Like, if you're thinking you need to change, the answer is you need to change um, because it's already in your head. Like, you're already checked out. Where I see a lot of agents really fall is when they're thinking about making a move. And they get so fixated on like, oh my gosh, where am I going to go? And what about this and that? Their business just falls completely while they're like going through this process. So I think you got to be all in on wherever you're at, whatever team, brokerage, whatever. Um, if you're not all in, it's probably time for a change. Cool. That seems right. Um, so that would be, is, and don't wait. Like, oh, don't wait till my deals close or don't wait till the first of the month or the first of the year. Like, that's stupid. It's like, that's what you do with a diet, right? Like, well, when I get back from this vacation, I'm going to go on a diet. And then you start gorging with, you know, eat an entire pizza or something and then have mm. a giant bowl of ice cream afterwards. Mm. I'm speaking Brian's love language, if you guys didn't know. Let's go. Um, <laughs> like, it's, it's so silly. Like, I'm going to start the diet on Monday. Like, oh, you fat ass. You need to go on a diet now, not Monday. <laughs> um, so that would be my thing is if you're ready to go, then go. Like, why are you prolonging the inevitable? Like, you're not going to start getting any more value out of where you're at. Just make the move. Find the place that's going to provide the value that you're looking for. And obviously, you need an alignment of values. Um, so your core values need to be in alignment and go. Uh, most brokerages, most teams, the smart ones, in my opinion, will allow you to walk away. And if you had anything pending, they'll let you finish those deals up and make sure the, the split's paid accordingly um, and start all your new deals at the new place. I would say, like, we've obviously helped a few thousand agents move over the last few years. Like, I would say 98% have run with that model. Now, you're going to have the asshole broker team leaders. Like, if you leave, you leave those listings with me. Like, really, bro? How do you think that's going to work out if I share that experience with the rest of the community? Like, so I would or say. Or when it comes time to negotiate a deal with them, when they're right. offering on your listing, you're like, hey, remember my listing? Yeah. 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 It's like, that's not a good move. Yeah, so I would say most of the time brokers, they, they're smart. Let's leave the door open because we've had agents who leave and then they come back around, right? They, they try to go and see if the grass is greener on the other side and they go and they realize that the grass isn't greener, right? Like it's because they weren't watering. It was actually way worse. And then sometimes you, especially if you've been at a certain place for a period of time, you start to like take things for granted and then people leave thinking they're going to get something better when they get on the other side of the fence. And they, after they get over, they're like, oh, shit, this is, this is horrible. This is nothing but tumbleweeds over here. I didn't realize how good I had it. And they come back. Well, if you close the door on them on the way out by telling them, like, no, you got to leave your deals behind, they're probably not going to come back. No, never, ever. Yeah. Cool. So that's what I got for you. Hopefully, you guys are getting some value out of this. We're going to go into our whistle widget of the week here in a minute. But before we do, if you're enjoying the show, if you are listening on a podcast platform, hook us up with a review watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up, let YouTube know you're enjoying it. And if you want to get future episodes of the show, hit that subscribe button and the little notification bell. And if you have questions you want to have us answer on a future episode of the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com, ask us questions, join the referral network, email newsletter, and Facebook group. 
subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel and get dialed in with our Media Mayor Mastermind Masterclass, which will teach you everything you need to know about video, whether it's one-to-one video from your cell phone or community videos or starting a YouTube channel, how to run ads, the whole nine, uh, thewhistleway.com. All right, with that said, Brian, Whistle Widget of the Week, something we use in our business that saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have more fun. What do you got so for I us? I don't use this in my business, but uh, this is probably the best birthday present I've ever given to my wife. Um, and now with Christmas coming along, I think it's, it's uh, prevalent to share. I saw this on an Instagram ad. Um, and it's a way to get your pictures printed every month um, without too much headache. So it's through a company called Chatbooks, um, C-H-A-T-B-O-O-K-S. And I, I think it's like 15 bucks a month, and I get a new book every month. And what I do is I just open the app, I select all the images that I want for that book. Um, I can reorder them, I can crop them, I can color correct them, but it only the nice thing is it only shows me um, photos that I took that month. So it's, it's not gonna be like, here are all your photos, figure it out, it already filters out for you. And you just go through and pick your 30 pages. Uh, my mom liked it so much, she made me buy her a set too. So now each, uh, each month I get two books, one for my mom, one for my wife, and we have them above our mantle and we have literally every month of the year um, so we can just kind of look at it and when people want to say hey how shitty was your year I can show them a couple books um, but it's and it's always really fun to actually go through and design it like oh remember we did this and oh this was the month we did Disneyland and, like it's 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 fun to reminisce and it's fun to create it it's fun to have a physical printed copy and it's pretty inexpensive for something that's nice and tangible like it I do too thanks cool um, well I was just down in Mexico and got to use this app a lot. Um, my Spanish is good. Is it? But it's not great. I was actually very happy with my Spanish. I was, okay. I was able to communicate quite well. How drunk um, were you, though, when you were happy with your Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, drink? it's great. Uh, they were like, no. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we won't even get into some of the jokes. But uh, yeah, we use this app a lot. Um, their app is called Google Translate. This app's amazing because um, what's cool with it is you can type things in. You can also talk them in. So you could literally stand next to somebody and have a conversation and you hold a button down and talk and you let go of the button and it'll play what you said in the other language to the other person. And then they can do the same thing back. It literally puts microphones on both sides of the app. And so when you need to go from English to Spanish, you hold that button down and it does that translate. And then when the other person talks, you hold the other microphone button down and they speak and it translates it um, in the opposite direction. Uh, so Google Translate came in very, very handy down in Mexico. And so for those of you guys that travel a lot, I uh, strongly recommend. Now that Apple has a Translate, but if you look at the reviews in the App Store, the Apple version is no es bueno. shit. No uh, es bueno. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Apple version is shit, and the Google version is, is much, much better. So shout out to Google for uh, making a badass Translate app. Cool. So that's what I got for you. Cool. Well, hopefully you guys got a lot of value out of the show today. I'm Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty here in San Diego. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Whistle Way podcast. See you next week.